Hey you guys, this is Ebony Speaks. I'm in the building today. Today we're gonna have a very good show. Um, I just wanna tell y'all first a little bit about Ebony Speaks where I do mental coaching, health coaching, CPR coaching because life is what matters to me. So, you guys are interested in anything, phone number 972-210-9640 or you can reach me on Instagram or Facebook at Ebony Speaks and also my website is ebonyspeaks.com and today we have a very good show like I said and we're going to talk about um, conquering your fears. I had a couple of people send me some messages um, of some fears that they have um, and so we're going to talk about a little bit about conquering your fears and then I have my special guest here. Cardelia Smith. She's going to be talking to us a little bit about domestic violence, which is a very, very, very important topic to talk about. Um, I know we have a lot of domestic violence that goes on and a lot of women and we're not going to leave the men out. Keep quiet about it and um, we need to speak out about it. And that's just the bottom line. So let's jump right on into it and let's talk about conquering our fears. So number one, first fear. My fear, I'm going to start off with telling my fear. One of my fears was actually doing what I'm doing right now. Speaking to people. Out loud, not public just speaking. on the phone. <laughs> public speaking. speaking. Yes, public speaking in front of crowds of people. But I have conquered that fear. Like some of you might have known, you know, seeing a couple of other shows. I said that um, the way that I conquered my fear was I started doing announcements at church. Everything starts in a church. So not just only can you sing and get a singing career and it start in a church, you can do public speaking from the church and let it go ahead and fly and soar with that. So that's one of my fears was um, speaking. And also when I kind of got, well, when I got over that fear of speaking, I came down to um, how can I speak without having like a book or something? Because I'm like, I cannot remember everything. It's not, it's not possible. I just can't remember everything. Like I know what I'm talking about, but like I would have like this stage fright and I would always have to have like paper or pen or something there with me. And I was like, when I see professional people talking, you know, I'm like, they don't have like paper and stuff like that with them until I figured out that whenever people's up doing like the um, public speaking, they actually have the little TV segment things at the bottom that, you know, that their their whole uh, speech is on. So I was like, oh, so they just upgraded. They paper and pen. They got an actual TV. So I'm not on that level yet, but it will get there. So I have paper and pen. <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and jump on into it. Everyone, um, I want y'all to first know that overcoming a fear, it is challenging. It's not something that's like overnight. It takes hard work and everything that you want, it's going to take work. Nothing comes easy in life. So first off, let's go ahead and get that out of your head, thinking that it's going to be easy to overcome a fear because that's not what it is. But the good thing about a fear is that you wasn't born to have fear. So fear is something that's learned. So the best thing about that is that you can unlearn, you can unlearn fear or developed. So, yeah, it's something that is developed. So you can switch that around, and um, so that's the best thing about fear. You know, you can switch that, switch that thing around, and make it. Um, like I said, you can. It's an unlearn, unlearn type thing. So you can unlearn fear. So, Didi. Yes, ma'am. 
You didn't know you were talking about fear. You thought you was only be doing domestic violence. No, we're going to talk a little bit about fear. That's fine. So, what is, what is a fear that you have? Hmm, a fear that I have. I have, huh, I have a fear of big bodies of water, and that's shocking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Knowing that I like to travel a lot, and yes, I do because a lot you of just cruise. came out of cruise. Yeah, uh-huh. yes, uh-huh. I'm, I'm tan for my cruises, <laughs> um, but I do not like big bodies of water. And I think that fear came from um, just growing up <laughs> and not knowing how to swim. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents didn't send us to YMCA or camps or something like that to learn how to swim. But um, <laughs> and side note, I know how to swim now because I don't have any hair. So you know how you know, women. You know how we don't like to get in the water and mess up our hair. So now, actually, since I have cut all my hair off, I can swim now. Side note. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I conquered that fear um, a long time ago. But um, just growing up, uh, it was a lot of kids that were um, dying in pools. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's every summer, even now. So um, that was one of my biggest fear, and I'm kind of self-taught how to float. I can't swim, but I can float. <laughs> well, that's all right. Yeah. As, as <laughs> I get in the water. I've been in the ocean. You know, I travel all the time. So yeah. All right, and that's one of the things with uh, fear. Fortunately, you didn't let it stop you. One of the things with fears is that you have those. You miss out on opportunities because you have that fear, and fear also it interferes with like your happiness. You know, you, um, I'm going to say like people have this fear of losing a job. So you stick with a job knowing that you don't like it, but yet it's just a fear of I'm going to lose this job. So I'm going to stick it out. You know, I'm going to stick with it. And a lot of people, um, they kind of, like I say, kind of get stuck in a place. Right. And so it interferes with just like your happiness and things like that. Yeah, fear keep you stagnated. It does. It really does. It, it just keeps you from moving on. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, conquering or uh, going to your fullest potential. Yeah, and and like and it keeps you in a comfort zone. Yeah, like you don't want to move out of that comfort zone. You just right. want to stay right there with what you know. And so you stay right there with what you know, and you don't try to move out of that comfort zone. Um, people have fear of like rejection, you know, as are, are they going to accept me with right. you know who I who I really am? Which that's going to be a whole nother segment, you know. People actually accepting themselves. You know, you can't expect someone else to accept you if you don't accept yourself. And um, another fear is losing love. Yeah, I had the fear of losing out on love, and so that's another thing where you would kind of stick with a person. Uh, uh, this is, I've heard this plenty of times. You know, I'm going to stay in this marriage because of the kids. So you have that fear of losing family or losing just just love. You know, not not just love with your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend girlfriend anything like that. It's just the fear of like that family loss. And so people, they just kind of stick in those situations and it's not healthy situations. Then you have the fear of losing respect. You know, you have these macho people who, you know, you can't go to them and, or they, or they can't, they feel that they have to be this macho type of person because people respect them or put them, you know, it's an on image. a yeah. They put them on a pedestal. Yeah, they don't put them on a yeah. pedestal and stuff. And so now you have the fear of if I do something, I'm going to lose respect. And so you know, you stay in this little comfort zone. Still, you stay in this box because you know, like you saying, it's that image that you don't want to break because people already see you a certain way you don't want no one else to see you in a different way but it it should start with how you see yourself yeah 
Yeah, and it goes back with, you know, acceptance. Yeah. You know, you have to accept yourself. Fear, it will hold you back throughout life. That's just the bottom line. You know, it's it's time that we let go of fear. And it's time that we um, start conquering fear, I must say. And here are a type of thing. Here, here are a couple of things that can help you conquer fear. Number one, you need to recognize your fear. Right. Recognize what that fear is, you know, and then not even that you need to embrace that fear. If that's your fear, that's your fear. Own your fear. That's your fear. Just like how women, we own our weave. Own your fear. <laughs> it's your fear. Own it. Embrace it. And you, I had a couple of people talk about, you know, the first thing they said is fear of failure. That's such a broad topic. You know, I have fear of failure. Okay, well, you need to kind of shorten it and you need to figure out exactly what is that fear of failure. You know, you need to break it down. What exactly is that fear? Is it you have a fear of being a school teacher? You have a fear of being a wife? You know, you have a fear of getting promoted because you're so used to this type of job, so you don't want to Well, that comes more responsibility. Some people have that fear of just having more responsibility. Yeah, because they're so used to, again, comfort their zone. comfort zone. Yeah. They're so used to not, you know, doing so much. But now it's like, oh, now I'm going to have more eyes on me, even though I know I'm going to get paid more. See, you miss out on opportunities. You're going to get paid more, but yet you have that fear of, I'm going to have more people looking at me, more responsibility. So I'm going to put myself back into this box. And then they lie about it. They lie about, you know, why they didn't get that promotion. Oh, you know, I just chose not to do what was best for my family. Hmm. In the back of your head, you know, that was a lie. <laughs> but you still have that fear. Um, let's talk about facing your fears. Face them head on, just like how you faced the fear of getting yeah. that big body of water and yes. went and went on your cruise. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> you have to face your fear uh, of avoiding avoiding them. It just it, it makes it that much more challenging. So just face your fear. It's just as easy as that as one, two, three. Just face it, and that goes back to embracing your fear. There is a such thing as breathing through your fear. And I say this because when you have fear, you start to have panic attacks. Or right. you start to have anxieties. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to... This technique, it really, did, it really does work. And I didn't really actually learn this technique, the breathing technique. I know they say breathe whenever I have three, I have three kids. And, you know, I didn't do none of the breathing thing when I had kids. Because I just didn't believe in it. Like, there is no way that breathing, I'm pushing out kids, that breathing is going to help me. You know, you would see it on TV all the time and your doctor would say, breathe through. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to push a baby out. I'm not trying to do this. <laughs> it's, it's, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. But I didn't understand the breathing technique until actually I went to school with my uh, health coaching. And they taught us different breathing te techniques in order to lower our heart rate. And whenever you have this fear, like I said, you have this anxiety that build up. So you have all that, um, your heart rate started to increase. And with all that, you know, you have these breathing techniques. It's so many different breathing techniques out there. You have um, the five, seven, nine, where you breathe in for five seconds, you exhale for seven seconds, and then you just kind of relax for nine seconds, and then you just keep rotating it. So it's like different kind of breathing techniques out there. Just find the one that works best for you, but you need to breathe through your fear, through your anxiety, and then you need to always imagine the worst thing that could ever happen whenever you're having that fear 
and this is my motto everywhere I go I tell everyone nothing is perfect unless something goes wrong so always imagine the worst that could happen so if you were on that boat on <laughs> that cruise imagine and this and th this right here this is so it's so funny that I say that because I always tell my husband that if I go on a cruise because I had a fear before I learned how to swim <laughs> of being on a cruise too so I was like I can't swim you know I'm being this big body of water it's a lot of water to swallow uh, <laughs> it, yeah uh-huh yeah and that uh-uh and I don't think Jonah in the well anywhere around mm -mm -mm. so mm -hmm. um that you just it's just too much it's just so I had to basically Pitching myself and it was so funny because I would tell him if I ever get on a cruise and my luggage I'm gonna have me a blow-up boat to where all I gotta <laughs> do is just push a button and my boat is just gonna you know it's just gonna expand out and you know at least me and my family we will be saved I you know can't nobody tell us like they did the Titanic oh you bought this room so you you know you didn't pay this much for this room you're not the high-class people so you can't get on this boat I said we will have our own boat we don't have nothing to worry about and it's just so crazy because I would dream about this <laughs> like actually have little dreams about it but it i mean it's all it's it's funny now but i will have these dreams about it and that's the thing you know you have to think the worst and just be mentally prepared for it so whenever if something does like that happen you know you you are prepared for it and go ahead you, you can think the worst but uh <laughs> from a spiritual side it's not going to go any further than what God allows yeah, it to go you're, and you're anyway. right about it because so he's right sovereign that. and he's the one that's in control of it all so we are fearful only because of things that we've seen Think, that uh -huh. happen to other people because God don't give you the spirit of fear he doesn't give, or he gives you a sound mind a yeah, sound mind yeah. so that spirit of fear is completely of the devil yep yeah. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. Um, because God has given us so much power and dominion over all these things that we're afraid Fearful of. of. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> you go back to the beginning of the Bible. You know, just Adam and how He gave him dominion over all those things, and the fear didn't come in until the serpent. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, and that's one of my fears too, Snake. But uh, that's why, because he's the one who started all this. But um, yeah, that's that's just not of our nature as spiritual beings we shouldn't yeah. have that you know fear is just not shouldn't even be a part of our vocabulary it shouldn't be no it, it should we not shouldn't. be nope it shouldn't be and, so, and and going with that it's you know you have to talk about your fears right um you need to share them with people the more you talk about it the more at ease you will feel about it yeah. you know um yeah absolutely so, i'm, I'm go in on that yeah. um with, with <laughs> domestic violence uh people don't even know um what i dealt with um behind the scenes um after the actual uh trauma occurred i had nightmares mm -hmm. and my nightmares were very severe to the point where i would feel that someone was choking me because mm -hmm. that's what happened in the actual assault and also um i would literally wake up like in panic screaming and gasping for air and it would look like demons were running around my bed mm -hmm. and it wouldn't stop until i called out the name of jesus yeah so it, it's a it's a handicap that satan tries to put upon us uh, to be scared i knew my ex-husband was not going to hurt me anymore because he was in jail physically hurt me anymore uh -huh. but it was the uh the mental the mental thing that i had to deal with and so there comes counseling yeah, and I mean prayer works. Yeah, it it supersedes all things, but mm -hmm. sometimes you have to uh, learn to you know talk it out. You so still have to talk to people and people and and with people being in church, there was one segment that we did actually with Dr. Shimona. You know, uh, when it comes to 
two two people talking is it you know you fight demons or you know do you have a mental a mental problem or you know when you christian the first thing someone to say is to pray about it right well you can't tell someone who never goes to church or don't know how to pray or don't know how to talk to god which a prayer is just a simple talk with god that's our conversation but, yeah it's just it's a like conversation. we're doing right here but at the same time someone who don't know anything about it you just tell them oh baby just pray about it they looking like i really want to talk to someone about it like i like i don't know how to pray i don't know that it's just a simple conversation and i'm tired of you telling me to pray about it like god put people in positions you know what? Just going through what I went through with the mess. A lot of people were saying I'm praying, you know, for you. But how many people actually just said that and just or just stopped right then mm -hmm. in that moment and, and would have grabbed my hand and prayed for me right then? How much better it would have been mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. I dealt with a lot of stuff uh, on the inside that nobody even knew mm -hmm. that I dealt with. And, you know, when we get into my testimony, you'll hear about some of those things that I dealt with. And even from the church, just walking in the church after the situation mm -hmm. happened, I heard so many whispers. Yeah. You know, and literally heard them mm -hmm. saying things, but you know, they never reached out. Yeah. You know, they just beat me down even more mentally and mm -hmm. you know, spiritually. And it's like, okay, the church is supposed to be the hospital, so why, why y'all don't help me? You, you supposed to be praying with mm -hmm. me. Literally, don't just say it, do it. Let's, do let's it. stop pray right now. And action. people, <laughs> people, even like at work or something of that nature that know me, you like pray for me. I'm gonna stop, grab your hand right there and pray for you. Now, don't don't together. be shocked. You asked me to do mm -hmm. it, so we're gonna do it right now. And you don't have to do no long, long, long prayer unless the spirit relieves you that way but you know you don't you know you don't right. have to just do this long altar call prayer yeah you don't have to make a scene yeah you can be just like that's the thing God, yeah. right now in the name of jesus touch my sister's needs or my brother's needs and be done with and it. and that's it amen uh-huh and that's it yeah. and that goes back to like you need you 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 need someone to talk to and everything if you have a fear or i mean just anything it's good to always have that that person to talk to not so much as your family members because right. of the fact that you know it's like a relationship that you have with your family that sometimes you don't want your family to know that you're going through things and it's easier just to talk to an outside source which is right. fine and there's people out there that helps like me you know i'm a mental coach and a health coach so it's i'm there for the ones who don't feel comfortable talking to their parent, you know. Right. I'm, and that's and that's what I'm there for, and it's it's good to talk it out because you learn from different people. You feed off each other when you're talking it out to different people. You know, well, I went through this, and this is what helped me with it. Yeah, you know? talking it out um, through my situation has been so it's been therapy for me yeah mm -hmm. um because i've done a lot of things i've been on a lot of different platforms um with my testimony and i've had so many people come up to me afterwards and be like i didn't even know i was in a domestic violence situation or i didn't know i was dealing you know with mm -hmm. that and just to know that uh my testimony reached so many people um it is it's, it's it's you know uplifting and just like it i thank god for just letting me you know make it through that if this is the reason that he kept me alive through it mm -hmm. um then i'm grateful for it and that's what i say speaking out it's the new medicine you know don't and that and that leads me to my next thing do something that that you're familiar with you know we get so caught up in turning to the bottle or turn into some drugs because you went through all of this but we need to stop taking popping all these pills and you know uh picking up the bottle and things like that whenever we're going through all this fear or anxiety but and people think that the fear is just like something little and minor but it's people out here that fearful for like i don't even know like just like i mean the mist i mean like this is this is serious 
yeah it is it's real serious and people think oh well i'm fearful of i'm gonna say a cockroach okay well it that's important but at the same time you know it's a lot of people out here who's taking it seriously and domestic violence is one of those serious issues that you have and that's why i say you need to do some something that's familiar you need to um go back to your roots you know don't 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 go to picking up that bottle or drinking and it because at the end of the day once you're done with all of that your problem is still there at least if you talked about it to someone you together can find a solution but picking up a bottle or just popping pills left and right that's not the solution so and i'm glad that you know you didn't go down that road you was able to come out of that and i'm, I'm pretty sure that you still think about it today it's nothing that you just forget you know you still think about it. yeah you still think about it today but with talking about it you know and coming out to people about it and things like that it has made you more stronger and now other women you know they come to you for refuge right you know they feel secure in talking to you about this situation because they look like wow you don't look like you went through that you know and mm-hmm. i can come and talk to you because you know exactly what i've been through then when you have these fears and things you need to reward yourself um <laughs> that sounds that that, that kind of sounds crazy when you're like how you gonna reward yourself with being fearful well once you overcome that fear that's when you reward your yourself so like shopping yes so you know if you had that fear of that cockroach and you saw that cockroach walk by and you didn't jump out your car or you didn't you know run out the house or anything like that you just kind of let that little cockroach roll on by girl go get you some ice cream because you conquered that fear you just let that cockroach mind his business and i say that because i had a fear of cockroaches that's why i like talking about cockroaches because i remember i got a whooping kill the cockroach i got a whooping when i was small my dad whooped me oh my dad whooped me because i woke him up out of his sleep because it was a cockroach in my bed y'all it was a cockroach in my bed we used to have this big old tree in the back of the house and the tree it i I don't know what kind of tree it was but it would be cockroaches Mm. oh my gosh ah I do not like cockroaches and I woke up my daddy I guess he was in that good sleep and I got a whooping and I'm still looking like but you ain't killed the cockroach the situation ain't taken care of well in his book the situation was taken care of because I got a whooping and he went back to sleep and I didn't sleep none that night and to this day I don't know where that cockroach went (laughs) (laughs) he's still in the bed and I still be in bed. <laughs> but you know it's a uh, once you conquer those fears it's a sense of accomplishment you know it's a victory uh, it doesn't matter how big the big the victory is or how small the victory is it's 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 a victory and you need to and people need to start counting every victory as a victory you know don't worry about if it's one a big one or a little it's a victory and you know you need to treat it as such then you have the fear of someone asked me about having a fear of like games and sports you know how you mm-hmm. athletes they have this fear of losing uh, of losing yeah mm-hmm. because everybody wants to win mm-hmm. you know that's what you play the game for you know i, I don't want to hear that oh i play the game because i love it you play the game because if you get paid for it, you need to win so that way you get more rating so i mean so you can get more money so that's just the bottom line now people they they love it i mean you have to you have to love the sport if you're going to be getting knocked around like in football and stuff you got to love the sport basketball you know you you have to love the sport you're going to put in the time and they asked me 
how can you conquer the fear of losing games you know they do good in practice but when it come time to actually be on the court or the field they do bad so I told them that with my son he played basketball and that was one of his things he didn't ever come to me and tell me that he was fearful of it but I would notice that in practice he would um, he would do good in practice but when it came game time mm -hmm. he would miss miss his shots and so what I did was I put headphones on his ear even like he was at the house and he was playing basketball in, in the yard I'll put headphones on his ear with the crowd mm -hmm. just like a, a crowd like a surround sound of crowd so he would get used to people cheering and things like that in his head so it would put him in the mindset of when he's practicing he's actually playing the game you know what it's something about that that's um, really uh amazing i work at a school we have probably over 150 deaf kids mm -hmm. and they play sports mm -hmm. some of our best athletes at our school are our kids that have um hearing problems or oh, they're wow. totally deaf and i asked one of the coaches i was like why they're so good and she was like because they can't hear negativity Wow. They can't hear what other people are saying about wow. them. So if you just simply tune some things out mm -hmm. in life, you, you, that fear wouldn't even be there. You, yeah. you just have to be confident in yourself. And um, they kind of, right. you know, they're making eye contact with the, you know, the opponents and they intimidate them through eye contact, but they mm -hmm. just don't hear the things that they're saying to them. That's right. That's, so. that's, that's cool. That's, yeah. Wow. And then think about that. But yeah, you expose all that negativity, so yeah, it starts to eat you up. And then with my son playing the basketball, you know, yeah, he would hear the people, you know, doing their boo when it's time for him to do a free throw, mm -hmm. and then it would just mess his whole game up. And my son, he can play. He plays real good. He's gonna get us out the hood. He gonna make it. He gonna make it. He gonna make it. <laughs> but he's 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 a real good player, and that's one of like I said, that's one of the things that I had to do. I just put earphones on him and let him just pretend whenever he's practicing that he's in that crowd and so like he would and that was the only time that I would let him turn his earphones all the way up because <laughs> when you're around the house I don't need your earphones up because I need you to hear me when I'm telling you to do dishes so I don't need your earphones all the way up but then we gonna go to let's talk about um, fear anxiety and phobia people they don't know if they have fear they don't know if they have anxiety or they have like a phobia and fear is basically it's a response to real or imminent threat so say you know you're afraid to fly but yet at the same time you got on that plane and that was one of my fears too y'all have so many fears but i thank god that i was able to conquer them one of my fears was to fly you know i was like i am not finna get on a plane and then i, I was like the only way i get on the plane is if someone actually bought a ticket for me and guess what Somebody bought the ticket and was like, hey, your ticket paid for, now you got to get on the plane. And I was like, oh, money spent, so I guess I do got to get on the plane. So, I got on the plane. So, that was one of my fears. And I, I conquered that fear and I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I had so much fun. Now, I must tell you that when I got off that plane, my hands had lost weight because I sweated so much. So, like, I had one skinny hand and one fat hand. So, I mean, it was fun, though. It was all, I did it. I flew. That was it. I did it. Then you have anxiety, which is the response um, to the anticipation of a threat. So, you know, you get, <laughs> you know, you get worked up because, you know, it's something that's about to happen. It's like a feeling. That's what the anxiety is. It's the feeling of something's about to happen. That's when that 
like I said, your heart rate and things like that is starting to increase. So that's that feeling that you have. And then you have the phobia, which is actually it's an anxiety disorder. And it's one of those things to where, you know, example is that you have a phobia of dogs. You know, you have these dogs that's around, but yet your phobia is, you know, you can't do anything if a dog is present. You know, you won't even go outside um, in the middle of the night if you can't see the street because you don't know if a dog is going to be there. You know, so it like stops your, your daily activity. activity. So that's, that's so those are kind of like the difference between like a fear, anxiety, and phobia. And then I, I just want to know, I, I want people to kind of message in or, you know, send me a message or something like that and just kind of see, like, what do you have? Do you have anxiety? Do you have fear? Or do you have a phobia? And just kind of think about that a little bit because a lot of people, they don't know that they actually have, that they, they don't know the difference. They call everything fear. I'm just fearful of this. I'm just fearful of that. When it's not that you're just fearful, you can have a whole phobia or something, or you can have a phobia and not be fearful. So, you know, you need to determine that goes back to knowing your body. And you just kind of need to know what you stand for and just kind of understand, you know, the difference between those and stop just always, you know, I go back to people talk about stress. The first thing they say, Ooh, I had a stressful day today. What stress? <laughs> you know, you hear people say stress all the time to where it's just part of their vocabulary. They say it without even knowing it or I'm depressed. You know, it's part of their whole daily vocabulary and it's like, you don't even know what depression is. You know, you're just so used to hearing people say it and it's end up being accepted so much to where people just, oh yeah, she depressed. And it, that's it. And people keep rolling with it or she's just fearful and people just keep rolling with it. Oh yeah, she's just scared of this. Well, address the situation. You know, that's the only way that it's going to get better is if you address the situation. So, um, so we're going to wrap, kind of wrap, wrap that little segment up and we're going to go into Dee Dee talking about her, uh, domestic violence and talking about how she overcame the domestic violence situation and just go a little bit from there. I welcome Cordelia Smith. Hey, <laughs> I thought you was going to ask me some questions or something to get oh, this started. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. First question. Who was your, um. Let's play. Let's play a couple of games. Okay. Okay. I'm scared. I'm fearful. No, I'm just like, <laughs> we're not gonna do that right now. <laughs> All right. First question. Who was there by your side through everything? Oh my gosh, she's so self-centered. <laughs> Jesus was. He the one who brought me through it. How did she? She's so self-centered. My okay. mama, my brother. Okay. How about somebody who walked the earth? My mama, my but no, no, she was there, you guys. She was there. Oh my gosh, I appreciate you for being there. Yeah, I but I, I was there. I was there to listen to the cry. See that? You know what? That's what a best friend do. A best friend is a good listener. <laughs> a best friend will listen to the cries, to the to the to the moans, to the to the negativity, to the positivity, and won't say a word until it's time to say a word. But that a good friend will just let you just kind of do what you need to do, and that's what I love about me and DD's relationship. You know, we have that good friend relationship. Okay, so so, so I was there for you. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my God. Okay, next question. Okay. <laughs> I just want everyone to hear that. You know, hey, I was there. Um, let's see. Next question. Let's see. 
okay i guess we can go ahead and get serious whenever you was let's let's just talk about how i met you, him all the background well i mean well what well, yeah but i was just gonna kind of go from a little bit backwards to ask like how did you feel whenever people were like talking about you like you oh. said you was hearing those whispers oh it, it was and the keyword whispers yeah, nobody actually approached me and, and and seen if I was okay or anything of that nature outside, you know, the immediate family and friends. Um, it actually made it harder on me to uh, come out from under the actual trauma of the situation, uh-huh. um, which people don't even know. Physically, it took me about three months to um, recuperate from the physical injuries, but I'm still healing. Mm-hmm. ING meaning it's a process. Continu- it's a continuation to this day. Um, as far as everything that happened um, with the actual assault, because mm-hmm. um, I mean, it literally broke me down as a woman mm-hmm. to have trusted someone and them to literally try to take my life. Um, also uh it just made me just at one point i didn't even want to be in another relationship i was like Mm -hmm. you know what i'm done i don't Mm want to even trust anybody or try to even love again Mm -hmm. um so it it was it was a lot so um the whispers did not help or the the private phone conversations and i'm a type person i'd rather you come to me personally and ask me um, instead of gossip about yeah. it or, you know, uh, make up your own conclusion about what happened. Um, because, you know, it was like she knew she shouldn't marry him. He was a professional boxer. Well, I mean, you wouldn't in my relationship. You didn't know my ex-husband. He never showed that aggression towards mm-hmm. me before we were married. Yeah. So, um, And who say, I mean, what do you mean? Um, it's professional boxers, they get married. You know, so for, yeah. people, for someone to say that, it's like what they're not supposed to get married because they're a professional boxer actually i would love to marry a professional boxer because i know i'm safe you would you know? think you, you would <laughs> well, think yeah. you're safe. Well, yeah so for people to say that like that just shows their ignorance yeah you know that that's that was that was like a, a ignorant comment for someone to even to to say anything like that but with it um we're gonna take us a little break real quick and we'll get right back with you guys um, within our break. Go ahead and send in some some comments and things like that, and we'll answer them as soon as we come back. Break time. And we was uh, talking with Cordelia Smith talking about the domestic violence, and you know she was letting us know about the whispers that she was hearing about how it made her feel and things mm-hmm. like that. So people, y'all need to be cautious of y'all whispers and things like that because it. Stop belittling people. Right. That's just it. Uh, and it goes back to like we were saying at first, you know, about the prayer or just just about coming together. Stop always trying to look down on someone and try to use someone else's negativity for your positivity. Right. You know, you. Or your gossip session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my time then, but life turned. Yeah. Tables turned. So yeah. you might yeah. need me to help you get through yours as well. Uh-huh. So. And guess what? You're going to remember. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. hey, that was so-and-so that was mm-hmm. doing that or that was so-and-so who wasn't there for me. So stuff will you know like you said it will the tables will turn so quick question where did you meet this guy from okay all right so um it was i want to say april of 20 2009 
I just went out with uh, what used to be a friend um, out to the movies and he literally just approached me at the movies so it was kind of like the old school walk up introduce yourself can I get your number type thing um, there better be Jesus calling <laughs> he's on the main line <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to tell him what we want uh, so, um, it was just you know just met it met at the movies and he asked for my number um mm -hmm. and we just started talking on the phone and uh went out on a couple of dates several dates a lot of dates um we would date up. yeah oh, okay. we ended up um getting what he asked for my hand in marriage well from my understanding um but i found out a little bit later on he actually asked my parents three times and my dad who was now deceased told him three times no <laughs> um and my dad saw something that i didn't see um my brother say he seen it he saw it but you know he always you know but um he my dad was a, a minister mm -hmm. so what you would call a discerning spirit um my daddy didn't think that he was good enough for his daughter which most men yeah think you and know. you being, being being a daughter you was like oh dad you know you yeah. just don't every man i probably bring home you're gonna say is not good enough because i'm i'm daddy's little girl right so you know i mean that's that's natural it's natural it's yeah. natural for you to think oh dad. i mean even when we was growing up in high school you know we go on the date your dad would say he ain't no yeah. good for you you like yes he is you know, I love him, you know, <laughs> and your daddy can see right through it. Like I used to be his age. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, um, my dad, you know, um, finally gave in, but he told him, he said, look, I've raised my daughter up, you know, in the way she needs to go, you know, so whatever you do, don't put your hands on my child. Mm -hmm. And he pretty much told him that. And, um, the actual assault did not happen until after my dad was deceased. And we told them that too at the wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All my friends, uh, Ebony, Keontae, everybody was in my wedding. Was pretty much like, "Hey, don't you, don't you cross our girl? We coming for you." So I guess he thought y'all was playing. But uh, <laughs> quite as a kill, we actually did go looking for. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we pretty much met. Um, you know, at the movies. Um, and one thing people may not realize that I grew up in a loving home. Mm -hmm. I did not know what domestic violence was until it actually happened to me. Mm -hmm. I never heard the term domestic mm -hmm. violence. Wow. So that just took me, you know, by surprise in itself. Um, I grew up, you know, with two parent household, dad, you know, he's very active in our life. Um, he was a disciplinarian. Mm. Uh, mom, you know, she strong handed discipline as uh, well. Uh, twice. Yeah, I got all the whippings because Maurice got away. He blamed <laughs> it on me. faster than you. No, no, he just blamed it on me. <laughs> so, um, I grew up in a Christian household. Um, my mom and dad was married 29 years till death did them part. You know, we never saw them, you know. I mean, they argued, but it wasn't, you know, nothing physical. Or, yeah. you know, they came to agreement and they went in the same bed and went to sleep at night. Yeah. So, I didn't know anything about, you know, violent households or things mm -hmm. of that nature until it actually happened to me. You. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, actually... What happened? Get to the actual meat of the matter. The uh, night of the actual assault. Well, I just want to. Do Do you feel like talking about that? Like, are you okay with? I'm totally okay that? with talking about it. Um, it's an awareness mm -hmm. that I like to give. Um, I don't keep my testimony quiet at all because mm -hmm. 
if God meant for me to live to you know see mm -hmm. through it, then definitely it is a testimony okay. and something that I don't you have. You know, some people they feel like they're pressured to talk about things no, because I'm not so I like to always ask, you know, before people go into deep detail about their life story, you know, how comfortable are you? Are you comfortable yeah. with don't ever feel like you're being pressured and that's a side note. If you ever feel like you've been pressured in doing something, don't do it. Right. That, that, that's just it you teach your children that you know if you feel pressured in doing something don't do it so live by that if you feel pressured you feel like you're, you've been pressured into doing something as being an adult it's okay to say no being an adult and right. that's just the bottom line too it's okay to say no right. um, so the day of the actual assault it was a lot going on um, First of all, my ex-husband lied about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, so I do promote women doing background checks on men. Um, dating you them. You get a background check, you get one. Everybody get you a background get check. And let me tell you, you can go to Dallas County and do it um, for free. <laughs> so um, my um, ex-husband, one of his baby mamas, which mind you, before we got married, I only knew about one of his children. Mm -hmm. Come to find out he had a total of six. Wow. So that was a lie in itself. Um, he had a lot of kids. And um, she, I guess we, we were freshly married, maybe two or three. No, we were probably married um, probably about almost a year at that time. Yeah, almost a year. And she didn't want the child for some reason. Now, she had two other kids, but for some reason, she just didn't want the child she had with him. Mm -hmm. Which to me was a thing just to try to, you know, break up our home, which was, you know, fine, whatever you want to do. So she called and said that she didn't want him. She was going to bring him with his bag of clothes oh, and wow. drop him off. Okay, ma'am, he can't live at our house because we got a one-bedroom, you know, apartment, you know, or this, that, there. We're so not prepared for this. We're we not prepared <laughs> for this. So, um... He said, well, this is my child, and I, you know, I'm taking care of my child. So, he went over to his mama's house. Fine. Okay, whatever. So, um, I went to a meeting, um, and then after the meeting, I was like, let me go over here and just kind of try to talk to him. Mm -hmm. Well, what I didn't know, he, you know, he had, I think it was three baby mamas and six kids. So, the other baby mama was getting on his nerves, too. So, it was a lot of baby mama drama. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my standards after the breakup. I wouldn't date men with kids. You know, God doesn't deliver me from that. Because at this age, men got kids. <laughs> so, you know, I have to yes. deal with that. So, um, she, um, I went over there. And she, lo and behold, she dropped the boy off with a garbage bag of clothes. She didn't want him no more. And he was dealing with the other baby mama. She wanted some money, you know, because she had a, her car broke down or something of that nature. So, it was a lot going on with him and them. It wasn't nothing per se going on with, with us, you, with, you with and me him. and him. Yeah. I was actually going to see, okay, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to work yeah. this out? Mm -hmm. um, so, he was totally frustrated. Um, so, he went into... He, he took all his anger out. Yeah, he went um, into the bedroom. We was at his mom's house when the um, assault occurred he went into the bedroom so when you walk in the living room it's like a bathroom and behind the bathroom was another door is a guest bedroom mm -hmm. so i had a habit of being over there and if we were in that room i would lock the door because people could use their restroom and then time just walk in there so i would lock the door so um i walked in he was laying in bed you know frustrated and i knew he was so um i walked in i closed the door and i locked it and I laid in the bed, and um, she called again, so they wanted a conversation. I was like, I'll wait till he get off the phone with her so we can see what's going on here. Mm -hmm. 
So um, I can hear him saying, I just sent you money for child support and this, this, and that. And I'm saying, You're oh, very angry. yeah, he's upset. He's aggravated. So I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm like, okay, let me see how I'm going to approach him with this conversation. So not only we got one baby mom tripping, we got two baby moms tripping. So um, um, he gets off the phone and I rolled, I was in the bed. I rolled over towards him, but he jumps up. Now, let me put you in the mind frame how big my ex-husband was. He was 6'4", mm-hmm. and depending on if he was fighting heavyweight or whatever he was fighting, he was between 250 to 275 pounds. So, he's a huge guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a big guy. And he jumps up out the bed. So, I'm like, what's going on? So, I jump up too. Like, you know, <laughs> what's in the bed? What he do? This big dude jumping. I need to jump up too. Like, what's Did going on? He was a cockroach. No. <laughs> she can't be serious y'all so I jumped out the bed but when I jumped out the bed I jumped out the bed on the side that he was on mm-hmm. and it was literally like he snapped and he just literally grabbed me by my throat and started choking me and I was caught off guard so I'm trying to get his hands off my throat and I'm only like 6'4", 270 heavyweight boxer mm-hmm. trained fighter mm-hmm. so I'm like you know what going on here it took me by surprise so i'm trying to take his hands off of my neck mind you i wear heels a lot so i'm really not that tall i'm only five eight so yeah i'm a thick girl so um i was trying to get his hands off of my neck and he was literally putting more pressure on my neck and i'm like this dude snapped i could see rage literally in his eyes so he literally was choking me out and um you can I know you hear people say somebody choked the you know what out of you he literally choked the urine out of me mm-hmm. um and at that point my feet weren't even on the ground I was in I the air whenever you was telling me that he choked you to where you start to urinate on yourself that made me more angry at than the whole situation I don't know why at the at, at, at that moment whenever you told me that it was the fact that I was like someone could choke you to where basically you lose conscience and oh that was his goal and like yeah like this person is basically urinating on their on themselves and you are still you still got them like someone urinate on me you know i'm gonna stop you mm-hmm. know it no. i mean i have a have kids so you know i i grew i mean i grew up but i mean changing diapers you know when they urinate you jump back and mm-hmm. i was like I, I was like someone could choke you to the point that you urinate and you still got them Right, and you didn't jump back. Nope. Like you said, that rage was there, and like it was no stopping. No stopping. Um. So at that point, he literally choked me, um, unconscious. So all I remember is losing my consciousness. When he seen that I went unconscious, he literally threw me on the bed. But when he threw me on the bed, he threw me on the bed face down. So it actually jogged to me back, you know, to get up, you know. So when I got up, I started screaming. And I guess he figured he was going to walk out the room. I guess he figured, okay, she out, you know, or she dead. Because mm-hmm. I was no longer at that point responding until I hit the actual bed. So I hit the bed and I started screaming. That's the first thing, you know, dude started screaming. So he turned around and he literally got on top of me. Mind your door still locked. The, the, the door still locked. He straddled me and literally started just beating me, just head blow straight to the head. And I was trying to literally turn over so I can try to get him off of me mm-hmm. and fight back. But he has all his weight on me yeah. and he's just giving me straight um, head blows. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, oh my God, you know, like this dude has literally snapped. Like he's lost his mind. So at that point, I'm thinking I'm going to die. 
mm-hmm. you know he, he he's gonna all his frustrations that he had on his baby mamas and things of that nature he's taking it out on me so it's like i'm dying this way wow. and i can't even tell you exactly how long the actual assault lasted i just know it was a really long time mm-hmm. and at that point it was like i could even turn to get him off of me because he put so much weight on me wow. so my mind just kept saying just keep screaming keep screaming so his mom his son and his mom's boyfriend at that time and his niece was actually there in the house so obviously they heard something was Did going on ever bust the door down yeah they heard what was going on so i could hear them knocking on the door and it was like it's locked it's locked so his mom's uh boyfriend had to literally break the door in mm-hmm. to get in to try to help me even when they got into the room he was still beating on me that's how much he had snapped they had to beat him off of me and mind you his hands are a weapon his hands are a register they're a weapon so um they finally get him off of me and when i tell you when you're trying to get out of something or your life is at stake, you don't care about nothing material. I literally walked out that house with nothing but what I had on. And at that time, he had beat me so long and for so long that I was numb. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that my face was busted completely open mm-hmm. and the meat was hanging out. And, you know, I really couldn't see. I could tell everything was, you know, really blurry. Um, and I had a pounding headache. And... Wow. I walked out the front door, and that's all I could really remember. I remember hitting the pavement. Tell us about, were you hospitalized? Uh, yeah, we uh, went to the hospital, actually, before then. His niece called 911. It was like, hey, my uncle jumped on my aunt. Can y'all send an ambulance and the police? Um, I did not know this, but obviously he left the scene mm-hmm. of the assault. And I kind of came to myself in the back of the ambulance with them telling me to breathe because my blood pressure was um in stroke and heart attack area um and they kept you know police asking me all these questions hey you know what did he beat you with they thinking it's a bat you know or something that's how bad i was Mm -hmm. beat up um and they were like um i was like no his hands like it was like were y'all getting into it i'm like no we wouldn't even arguing it was him and his baby mama he was into it with um and they was like wow so it was it was crazy so i get to the hospital so you beat so bad they think it was an object an object yeah yeah so you you don't even fight like this in the ring but you beat Mm -hmm. your wife the one that you said you know you love to death do part and you're gonna protect and you'll be a provider for um you you beat me like that Mm -hmm. and come to find out the police ran his name they was taking all kind of pictures i wish you could see the pictures of the you know the actual room it was like it looked like a murder scene it was blood everywhere Mm -hmm. um and my face was totally swollen you know just when i got to the hospital they was thinking about doing reconstructive surgery and if anybody who really knows me they know that i'm you know i like to look cute you know, <laughs> she's one, so girly i'm so girly and i like to be cute you know for the fellas but you know <laughs> but uh you know so it you know that in itself was something that beat me down as well like this dude literally i'm not gonna look the same mm-hmm. they're, they're about to have to reconstruct surgery on my face and just to put you in the mindset of how severe the attack was i was so beaten up bruised and swollen they had to put my ivs in my foot in wow. my foot wow so it, it was it was that bad i had three broken fingers of course concussions and things of that nature it was 
it was a lot. And I don't think he had the fingers from trying to block him. Trying to, yeah, what happened? They said was he had beat me so long and so much your body goes into a survival mode, mm-hmm. which I didn't even realize I did. So you pretty much go into a fetal position, and you know I was covering my head trying to you know stop, stop him the from blows. stop the blows because mm-hmm. I mean I couldn't even feel it no more. That's how long he had been beating on me. Um, and I mean he cut my face completely open. Um, I had to reattach her face um and i had stitches on the inside and the outside not including the two infections that i had from wow. the cuts and stuff of that nature in my face yeah. so it let's, was, let's fast forward a little bit talk about let, i want to i want you to talk about how does that right there interfere with your relationship with men today oh my gosh um i went through a point of being by myself for a while, a long time, um, and it was because I'm like, who who can I trust? I don't mm-hmm. want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. And something I didn't say that night that he assaulted me, the police ran his name, you know, in his birth date. He was using the alias birthday. He had prior domestic violence, so that means everything that we did, our marriage license, um, our uh, wedding, everything, everything was fake because he was using a fake birthday so that's when his prior came up that's why he left the scene because he knew if he was there when the police was there he was going to be arrested um and his priors was one was against his sister um and one was against one of the baby mamas did you press charges i absolutely pressed charges and then if i didn't press charges the state was going to pick him up because he impeded my breath and it was assault with the deadly weapon which were his hands since he was arrested and when you heard that it was she pressed charges People get so afraid of pressing charges or, you know, want to escalate the situation because they're fearful. They go back to the, yeah. you know, being fearful that they think that that person's going to come after them or they think that the police will not, you know, have their back or, you know, hey, I press charges. You give him a paper and say he can't come so many feet. Well, what's the paper going to do if he's standing? The paper does nothing. I had three protective orders. I actually have an active protective order now and he's incarcerated. Because it's the thing of him being controlling. He wants to mm-hmm. control. He wants to continue to have that fear over me. And Were there any signs that, that you seen that you recognized that you didn't want to recognize or that you didn't recognize at all? Um, Actually, it was some signs. When we were married or dating, Um, he would call a lot at work. And it's like, man, you know I'm at work. What you calling me for? Like, what but is we it? Think, hey, we think it's cute. Yeah, my dude calling me all the time. time. Um, and then if I wouldn't answer, knowing that I already brought my lunch to work, he would pop up with lunch oh i just came up here just to bring you lunch oh you did you forgot i brought my lunch Mm -hmm. but really he's scoping the scene trying to make sure that you know you're not cheating or it's not another man that may be so it's so it's signs that we don't want to recognize we don't want to isolation yeah he you know didn't want me to really be around you know a lot of my friends or even family you know um men and women when when your mates start trying to isolate you it's it's for a reason yeah now unless you just got that got that crazy family and you know in that family that always wants something then your husband got a little money or wife got money and want to isolate you that's that's different now i'm just saying but no when your fan when i tell everyone if if you married or have a boyfriend or girlfriend and if you don't get along with your in-laws their relationship is going to be the most frustrating miserable relationship ever ever mm-hmm. because you can't go around your family and know that your mate don't like your family or your family don't like your mate so they mm-hmm. go those whispers yep 
So it's like if, and then that go that late night conversation you're gonna, that you have to have with your mate once you get back home. It's 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 not a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. and that's just. And I, I always like to say bottom line. It's just bottom line. You have to have a, a healthy relationship. You know what? Speaking of the in laws part. His family knew about his past. But they didn't tell you. And they did not tell me. They did not want me to know because it was like, oh, she's so pretty. Oh, she's such a, she's a Christian girl. She's mm-hmm. a good girl. And Hoping instead of that saying they can, they that I will be able to him. change him, mm-hmm. and that's something I can't do. Only God can change a person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think they didn't tell me because they were probably scared of him. They probably were. And knowing that because he Because if he controlled you. Yeah. He he he's a controller, you know. He yeah. he was a controller probably throughout that whole family. Throughout the whole family, yeah, and so. intimidating them because mm-hmm. of his size. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, that you know, women, you know, you know, your son not a good man. You know, for that woman, go ahead and say, baby, you might want to, you know, go on because he's not gonna mean you no good mm-hmm. at all. Like you ain't got to go into detail, right? You know, you she didn't just... have to go into detail. All she had to do was just let me know that, you mm-hmm. know. And it was just like a lot of things um, happened after we were married. And my fear, her fear again, was I didn't want people to say uh, she married this man knowing because a lot of stuff I did, did not, not know. know. Also, another you didn't reason, even know his birthday. I didn't know man birthday. I know he had all those kids. And one thing I did know that was going to cause a lot of problems in our relationship, I found out um, probably a month or two before this that he had a vasectomy. So no way. So it was no way. Give you kids. I was going to have kids with this man knowing I wanted kids. And you know what he told me? Control thing. I got kids, so you got kids. Oh. So I can't have my own nope. kids. Nope. And you knew that you stood before God and my family and your family and said to be fruitful and multiply, knowing that you had a vasectomy and you yeah. couldn't have any kids. Yeah. Real quick, Wendy, before before we end, I want to let y'all know that with this situation right here, when you in these relationships, you're not just harming yourself. You 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 put your friends at risk. Right. You you put right. your your other family members at risk because I say this because that man showed up at my at my house mm-hmm. looking for looking for Cadelia. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my husband was there. But if you do this to a woman that you say you love, I don't know what it is that you would have done to me had I opened the door and you know and said, "Oh yeah, come on in." Because had I not known that you know this situation had happened prior. I would have just invited him in mm-hmm. or had or had she not you know talked about it yeah i would just invite him into my home or he would use you as a pun to get to yeah me. i would just be like oh yeah my husband here come on in real quick i call dd because mm-hmm. i mean because we we stayed four houses down yeah. <laughs> so but you know either, either way he probably would have used you because yeah. he knew that yeah our relationship I, yeah so so women you are men like you're not just this situation is bad all around for for your loved ones because if they are trying to get at you, they're gonna try any and every means to right. get at you. Which right. it can be harming your family, your kids, your loved ones. It, it's the situation can escalate to it's it was already escalated when he beat you. Right. But then when he tried to come to my home, and I have children, so there, I I was like, whoa, what's going on? I immediately called my husband. Was like. Hey, babe, oh boy, at the door, my husband, you know, he showed up at the door like, what you doing here? Mm-hmm. Because he knew about it. You know, I talked to my husband about the about the situation. So, you guys need to, you know, speak out. Don't be ashamed. Always speak out. And there's always somewhere to talk to. You know, if you, 
you if you you ever want to talk to somebody like i said you can go back to um you can go to my website ebonyspeaks.com give me a call 972-210-9640 or you can follow me on instagram or uh, facebook at ebony speaks and just chit chat chit chat is good for the soul and talking it out and i'm thankful that you know today i have my best friend here sitting with me today and able to spread this awareness and that she's stronger than ever and you know god will put you through a situation <laughs> finna go to church <laughs> god would well god will take you through a situation and people don't understand that situation at that moment no <laughs> I didn't that, understand. I was like, moment, "Why God? Why me? Why, why me?" You yeah. want to question it, you know? You 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 question why is it me? But as you continue to live and you grow, you figure out, Lord, why not me? Right. And God will only take you through stuff that He know that you can conquer and handle, and and that you can handle. So I say that I thank Didi for coming to the show with me today. This is my very first show, and I thank you guys for listening. And for chiming in and following me. And again, continue to follow me at ebonyspeaks.com, Facebook, Instagram at ebonyspeaks. And I'll talk to y'all later. Smooches and bye.